Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. two of the nightcap alongside Super Bowl champion Sean King. I am Tim Murray. Kansas and Texas Tech with four minutes to go. Jayhawks leading the Red Raiders 70 to 62. Our producer Aaron Oster needs seven more points to cash his ticket. The Johnnies of St. John's getting their revenge from over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Took the seven and a half earlier today. Actually late last night I was typing away on my computer said oh I like that play. We went with uh, St. John's. They lead 82 to 57. And, uh, you know, so you can't win them all, Sean. Can't win yeah, all. you can. There's, no, there's nothing that says you can't win them all. We, we just need eight goals. Uh, no, sorry, seven goals from the Blues. Well, I'm, I can't win them all. That's all right. But a winner and a scholar, that is our next guest. Props.com. Check him out at Patrick E underscore Vegas on Twitter. Patrick, got to imagine it was uh, a wonderful weekend when it comes to handle here in Las Vegas and across the country with those games and them playing out the way that they did. Let's start with the Packers and 49ers. Packers seem to be a popular play. 49ers go in there and win outright, blow up money line parlays. Anyone who teased it down to zero. So was that result positive for the books uh, on Saturday night with the uh, 49ers winning outright? Well, that result coupled with the Cincinnati win led to, for for pretty much every book, an unbelievably good Saturday and in some cases a historically good Saturday. So Scott Shelton, uh, who's been that behind the counter for MGM books for a long time, since well before they were BetMGM, they, the BetMGM in you know iteration came to be out of the whole PASPA situation and the expansion of sports betting. Prior to that, it was just MGM Resorts sports books up and down Las Vegas Boulevard. Pretty much was it. So Scott's been with them for you know 20 years or whatever. He's been with them for quite a long time, and his boss Jeff Stoneback has been uh, in the sports betting business here since '86. So a long, like 36 years. Scott told me late Saturday night. I here, this was his direct quote. I don't recall a better day ever. He said the double dog money line wiped out all parlays and teasers. Everyone will be starting from scratch tomorrow. And I responded. I'm like, 
ever. I'm like, you know, a, a Super Bowl that fell particularly well for the books with the volume that's bet on the Super Bowl. You didn't have a situation like that. It's like, no, this was the best day we have ever had behind the counter. And I was just flabbergasted at that to think that a, a divisional round is good, is what's going to make the best day ever. But then Jason Scott for BetMGM Nationwide, Vice President of Trading for BetMGM Nationwide, he got back to me Sunday morning. It was late for him Saturday night. So he's like, hey, I was in, I'm on the East Coast. I went to bed. Sorry I didn't get back to you. But he said, uh, when I dig into the number, that was a record day for us in Nevada, including all previous Super Bowls. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> I thought that was amazing. Chris, Chris Andrews at the South Point said it was an amazing day. John Murray said it was a spectacular day for the Super Bowl. In fact, John told me on Sunday, it doesn't even really matter what happens today. We are going to have a winning weekend no matter what happens in Sunday's two games, which were unbelievable games. But they were, on, they were well on their way anyway. It was just uh, that, that really, I mean, unfortunately for the betters, we're rooting for this side of the counter. We want to see people have some fun and do well um, and make a few bucks. But uh, it wasn't to be this weekend, generally speaking. But it makes sense, Patrick. I mean, uh, Brady and Rodgers lose at home as yep. home favorites. Um, Allen, after the performance against New England, you know, you're going to have some Kansas City Chiefs money, but the Bills were the popular team. You know, they lose and don't cover. Um, it, it probably couldn't go any other way. You know, and then – no one thinks Tannehill's great, but I think a lot of people thought the Titans, mm-hmm. you know, were the side. So I, I mean, right. four outcomes that and the under if you replayed, if too. you yeah, and the under on, on Saturday, if you replayed divisional weekend five more times, I guarantee you those four teams never come out on top again. Perhaps not. It was something else. And to your point, Sean, on on Buffalo, the the issue there was not only did they not cover, but it, which which actually did help the book, but what helped the book even more is Buffalo was a really at multiple books, almost every book I spoke I spoke to, Buffalo was a really popular money line play. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, another one that went the books way. Yeah, no doubt it was a, a good weekend for the books. We're not here for the books. We just uh, try to get the information out there at Patrick E underscore. Right, Vegas. we want you guys to do well, man. But sometimes you got to bet. I try and mimic the books. Look, I try and make my bets match up with what would happen for the books to do well. That's, I mean, that's that's kind of the that's kind of the point of of stinky lines and why I, I try. Usually, when the books have a good weekend, I do too. Uh, I mean, mine was a mixed but bag. It was so like Jimmy Garoppolo was eleven and nineteen, Patrick, for one hundred and twenty yards, no touchdowns. Eli Mitchell yeah, and Debo Samuel score. combined for under 100 yards rushing. Like, how did San Francisco win? Yeah, I know. That's the thing. San Francisco did not score a touchdown on offense <laughs> and beat Green Bay in Green Bay. How, go figure. Um, I mean, the rest of the games, you saw them unfold. It sort of made you – could, you, could, you could make sense of it when it was done. That one was pretty hard to make sense of. No offensive touchdowns at Green Bay. If somebody had told you, hey – the Niners aren't scored, going to score a touchdown on offense today. You, were, you would say then the Packers are winning by three touchdowns. Right. Um, you know, but that's not what happened. That's the NFL for you. Yeah, and that's why it remains the king uh, that it is. All right, let's spin it ahead uh, to this weekend as we talk to Patrick Everson. Props.com, uh, check him out on Twitter, at Patrick E underscore Vegas. The Cincinnati Bengals are a touchdown underdog against the Chiefs with a total of 54 my gut tells me 
Uh, and, you know, when we have Chris Andrews on later this week and other odds makers, I think people are going to race to to lay it with the Chiefs. There's nothing really to tease with here, but, you know, that seven, seven and a half, if it were to get there, a very popular teaser number. What's the early action looking like on Cincinnati, Kansas City, Patrick? Yeah, this is, uh, I talked about this with John Murray, as I do every Sunday night on these opening lines all season long. And they opened seven at the Superbook, still at seven. The total was the big mover. They opened 50 and a half, mm. and they were at 53, 53 and a half in a really big hurry. And then this morning, the Superbook even got to 54 and a half, and now they're at 54. And John said, sharp between, it was, it was all a matter of, they had sharp players taking the over, and then the market came in higher, so they jumped to 53 and a half really fast. He said, not too much to report on the side yet, but to your point, Tim, he said, we know the public will be betting Kansas City with both hands, but we do anticipate sharp play on Cincinnati. Here's what's ironic about that game and the total, Patrick, is you know the Chiefs are going to score points, but when you look at Kansas City's defense, they have trouble rushing the quarterback, and they have trouble defending the ball when it's thrown downfield. So you have to presume that even if Kansas City wins that, since he's going to be pretty effective offensively. I mean, how high do you think this total is going to get? That's a good question. Um, so, uh, again, as I noted, 54-and-a-half. Superbook hit 54-and-a-half earlier today and then peeled back to 54. I don't think 54-and-a-half is necessarily the resistance point, though. It might have been a resistance point today, but as we get to the weekend and you got two games isolated on Sunday, I don't think the public's coming in and betting the under, mm-hmm. um, even though they've lost all, you know, they've lost several points of value already um, and perhaps even more by the end of the week uh, by betting the over. But uh, it, it could get 55, 56. I mean, these teams just played a few weeks ago. Cincinnati wins 34, 31 as a three and a half point uh, uh a home dog. So, you know, they can certainly put up points. They got weapons. Uh, Burrow has shown that Jamar chase. I mean, geez, it's, it's a good team. Um, and I think you're right on about that. that assessment of Kansas city defense. They, I mean, look, uh, Josh Allen is an exceptional quarterback, but he just torched them. And if they don't win that coin toss, I don't think they win that game. I agree. I'm with you. Yeah, I don't I think the chiefs could stop them, but I didn't think Buffalo could stop Kansas City, and to me, the Kansas City production offensively was was more, I guess, impactful because of Buffalo's defense. Like they're actually really good right, on defense. To be good. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I knew that thirty-eight from the Chiefs was terrible, and I knew that Hughes, who ultimately ended up in the game, is is average at best. So Sorensen, no one thinks he's an excellent safety. The Chiefs have and some Tyron things. Matthew left with yeah. a concussion, and who knows if but he's he should have left with a touchdown. Like how do you, on fourth down, how do you turn down a hit on the quarterback? Like Tyrone Matthew got hurt because he was afraid to tackle Josh Allen. Like he ducked a, his head be afraid to and missed Allen completely, and the D lineman couldn't get out the way. Like, so, I mean, hey, you, that's what happens. Like, he was running from contact and ended up getting, getting contacted. Hey, Patrick, before we let you run, we got a, we got about uh, about a minute or so. Uh, what is the action uh, early on Rams and 49ers? Look like Westgate opened this one four and uh, has been moving yep. towards San Francisco. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, John Murray said, honestly, right out of the gate, they got a sharp bet on Rams four. He said, he said he thinks that's because some offshore shops opened it a little higher. But really, the volume of money coming in early, and it was quick. 
with sharp play on the Niners and then went straight from four to minus three. A little bit of a course correction late last night, three and a half even, which is where they're at now. And John said, we saw sharp bets come in on the 49ers. We think the number is going to close at Rams minus three. He said maybe lower, although they're three and a half now. And he said the public is already betting San Francisco as well. He said the 49ers are the hot team right now. So uh, it could be a trendy dog this week there. And a sharp play dog. At Patrick E underscore Vegas. Check out the website. Props.com. Always great insight coming from Patrick off of a busy, busy weekend. We appreciate it, sir. We'll talk to you soon. You betcha. Thanks for having me tonight, gentlemen. Have a good week. There he is. Patrick Everson. Always great to talk to him. Always great to have another Super Bowl champion join the show. That's what we do next. Ryan Harris will join us next right here on the Nightcap. I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the uh, where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line, over under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way vcin is here to make you a smarter better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Alongside Super Bowl champ Sean King, I am Tim Murray. Let's bring in another Super Bowl champ, a man who was busy over the weekend calling the Chiefs and Bills game late last night. We appreciate him joining us. It is Ryan Harris, Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl 50 with the Broncos, and he joins us right now. Ryan, uh, man, that game was uh, was something else. You know, we've dissected it left and right. You were there to, to take it all in. Um, the quarterback performances that we saw from both Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, in your words, how do you describe what, what you saw in person last night? 
explosive fireworks, just fantastic, the most fantastic array of fireworks you could ever see offensively in the NFL. And, and Tim and Sean, great to be on with you. I just, it, it was amazing how Patrick Mahomes could not be brought down. He creates, and Sean, you know this, he's rolling left throwing. I mean, that's something that you don't typically see from a quarterback who's right-handed, changing the arm slot, throwing under the armpit of a defender. I mean, he couldn't be stopped. But to me, Josh Allen was the best quarterback on that field. He willed that team to victory and just did not get an opportunity in the end. And, and frankly, it's an opportunity that I believe you blame on the coaches. I mean, you kicked the ball twice to Tyreek Hill in the fourth quarter. What are you doing? Punt that ball out of bounds, right? And Tyreek Hill gets that 35-yard return, not to mention not squibbing it with 13 seconds left, but the mastery of Travis Kelsey was on display as well. I think he should have been an MVP candidate the way that he supported the Chiefs all year long. You know, it's interesting, Ryan. I, I agree with you slightly, but I thought Mahomes' performance was slightly better, and not because Kansas City won, but because I think Buffalo has a much better defense from a talent standpoint than Kansas City does. And, you know, what Mahomes did with his legs was so important early in that game. It's something that Rodgers has the ability to do, but he never utilizes. Ryan Tannehill, a former wide receiver for Tennessee, has that ability. He never utilizes it. Understanding that they were trying to double Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey earlier in that game, which left an opening for him to step up and scramble, I thought just goes to his high football IQ and his ability to kind of find ways to help that offense be successful, even when the traditional play call doesn't seem to be enough. I'm 100% with you. I mean, he was masterful in how he diagnosed coverages and, and that decision you're making early in the game, talking about that he made in early in the game to buck down and run. I mean, Sean, he was flying, man. I mean, that guy was moving like a running back. You think you got Jarek McKinnon. You can run the option with him. I love that third down play they had. They motioned Travis Kelsey right to left where Tyreek Hill is. The defense is thinking something's coming over here. Nope, we're going to option the other way. But when I look at last night, Josh Allen, two conversions on third down with his legs. He had a fourth and 13 and threw a touchdown to Gabriel Davis. I mean, fourth and 13, you throw a tutty. Come on, man. He was just, to me, Josh Allen had to do more and did more, but you're absolutely right. Patrick Mahomes IQ in football. It's, it's, it's the best in football. It's unbelievable to watch what he's doing at the quarterback position. And it's wild to think that there was a loser in that football game. Ryan Harris here on the nightcap from 92.5 in Denver has a radio show. You guys check it out all around. Great guy, except for the fact he went to Notre Dame. But we'll talk about it's that brilliant on, <laughs> on another platform. You know, I tweeted this out and, and I truly believe this. Patrick Mahomes is on pace to go down as the most accomplished quarterback in NFL history. And I think right now at his best, he's the best quarterback to ever play this game and by that I mean he has arm talent there's no one you can ever say has a better arm his ability to throw it from different angles his creativity from a velocity arc standpoint he has one of the elite minds on the Peyton Manning Tom Brady level he also is as good an athlete as anybody that's played that position it's also an accurate thrower and from a production and success standpoint Ryan he's in year four in his fourth <laughs> AFC championship game if not for an offsides, would have gone to three straight Super Bowls. I mean, so he's potentially about to be four years in the league, three Super Bowl appearances in those four years. I mean, this is a better start to a career than even Tom Brady. 
Oh, 100%. And, and think about this. No NFL team in history has hosted four consecutive conference championship games. And the thing that impresses me the most this year watching Patrick Mahomes, you know, two points of the season. One, early in the year, you know, they had about, I think it was 16, you know, turnovers as an offense. You can't live in that world, right? You have to stop, and they did. And what I love is that Patrick Mahomes said, hey, I'm willing to look at everything to make sure that, you know, I help my team win and I can't turn the ball over. I mean, those are the kinds of that, that maturity, that understanding, and that willingness to say, hey, what I've done to get me here is not going to get me further. I need to adapt. I need to grow. He did that. And what I love is when you find a player who's great, who doesn't care about the accolades, right? He could care less how many touchdowns he throws. He's done that. MVPs, whatever. Maybe that's coming down the road. He's in the unique place of a superstar just trying to win. He wants to win one thing, a championship. That's all that matters to him. And that's how he makes those plays because he understands this isn't a play in the second quarter against the Bills. This is an opportunity to get further and closer towards my goal of winning a Super Bowl. That's a different type of an athlete. That's one that overcomes failure as we saw last night. That's one that continues to push the boundaries of possibility. We saw that as well. It's all because he's in this unique space of performance without accolades. And that's fantastic for the young fans to see and learn too. Talking to Ryan Harris, catch him on Altitude Sports in Denver. Also a proud partner of VEASAN as well. So we we like the uh, the synergy there. Uh, he was on the call last night in Kansas City on Westwood One. Uh, well, next weekend, it's funny how it's always what did you see last? And I, I'm telling you right now, Ryan, especially in the betting world, everybody's just going to say Chiefs are going to easily dominate the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals. Go ahead and lay the touchdown. It's no contest. I mean, I was beyond impressed by Joe Burrow's toughness that we saw him getting hit and just coming back up. Now, Ryan Tannehill helped a little bit there, but uh, how do you look at this game come Sunday afternoon in Kansas city is Cincinnati. uh, Do you give them a shot to go into Arrowhead and pull the win? It depends on Joe Mixon. That's it depends on how you feel about Joe Mixon. To me, Joe Mixon's going to be the difference maker. I mean, you saw last night, Singletary had a little bit of success on the ground, but if you get 130 yards out of Joe Mixon on the road in the AFC championship game with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, I don't see how they lose. I mean, that's how you keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. You got to run the ball, have long sustained drives. But I, I just, after watching last night, I mean, you're talking about a quarterback who had 13 seconds and three timeouts marched down the field <laughs> to give his team like that. Nobody believed that was possible until last night, you know? So to me, when you see a team that just cannot be beat, and that's really what the chiefs are. They're a team that cannot be beat. And, you know, the spread and the numbers, you know, you can take the money line if you want that one. I just don't, I do not see a world in which Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, Frank Clark, you know, Tyron Matthew, if he can make it back. I mean, those, those guys are playing in the Super Bowl. That's a tough, tough team to beat because every team has tried in every way and they've failed. And he won't get any credit for it because of what Tyreek Hill did after the catch. But the previous drive, if you go back and look at that throw, to Tyreek Hill when he takes it for about 70 yards. I mean, very few guys are in the pocket. He put up the peace sign, and, and the dude was in front of him. But And that's what people remember. <laughs> but the quarterback part of that play, the throw, the anticipation, the ball location, being calm in the pocket, I mean, the kid is unbelievable. So we'd be remiss if we let you go and don't get your opinion on what's going on 
with the Broncos coaching search. I mean, it's like the NFL has half of the the, the league has a, a head coach opening or a GM <laughs> opening, and none of them have been filled. What are you hearing in Denver as far as who's going to be the Broncos' next head coach? Well, they, they interviewed uh, Kevin O'Connor. Uh, uh, might be O'Connell. Sorry, I'm missing his name. From the Rams, the offensive coordinator who doesn't call plays, but also Nathaniel Hackett and Dan Quinn. I like Nathaniel Hackett out of that group. He's a guy that's learned who, who you know, Sean, at that elite level, you have to listen to your players. Nathaniel Hackett, all of his players said, we love his consistency, his energy, and he also listens to us about the plays we like. That's important. The thing I can't understand is Dan Quinn. I mean, this guy went 0-5 the last time he was the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. We all know about the 28-3 Super Bowl loss. And then this year, he has two players who are defensive player of the year candidates on his defense, and he can't stop the 49ers. Like, this is the guy? This is the resume that we say, yeah, let's do it. That's tough for me. Yeah, I, I don't I don't get that one uh, whatsoever. And uh, we'll see uh, if it is. Well, Nathaniel Hackett's Hackett. only getting the job if he has a, a <laughs> letter in writing saying, I'm bringing Rodgers with him. <laughs> hey, they can bring him with him. Bring him with him. Come on. Hey, Ryan, always a Great pleasure, stuff, man. man. I know it was a late night for you, so we appreciate you uh, coming on with us today. Tim, Sean, always a pleasure. Have a good one. There he is, Ryan Harris. Catch him on Altitude Sports in Denver. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. We got overtime in Fog Allen Fieldhouse. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcast. You get beat in the book with Gil Alexander, Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. We've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all free and available now. Head on over to vsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast alongside Sean King. I am Tim Murray and boy, oh boy, do we have something interesting brewing at fog Allen Fieldhouse as the Texas tech red Raiders came all the way back forced overtime. They now lead 80 to 77 in overtime, three and a half minutes to go against fifth ranked Kansas, Kansas, Went off as a seven and a half point favorite in this one, Sean. You know who I'm rooting for. You're rooting for the uh, Texas Tech Red Raiders. Absolutely, because I think we have a cigar we do. bet. We do. Was it Duke, Kansas? Who finishes? Uh, who? What is it exactly? Goes one win loss record yep. and who lasts longer in, in the tournament? Right. Oh, That's yeah. two different. Yeah. Woo! What will this make Kansas? 16 and three? What do my Dukies have? Two losses? Well, we lost to Miami and. Florida State. Florida State. Yeah. I like where I'm at there. The ACC is a lot easier than the Big ACC 12. is a lot easier. Duke is 15 and 3. They lost to Ohio State oh. back in November. Well, this will even us up. Uh, yeah. We'll be one this, back in the, the win column. This will be a big win for my for the Jayhawks here. We need to uh, take care of business. Nah, this you're, is over. Your Dukies are back at it tomorrow. Uh, they are, if you look at Ken Palm right now, they are projected to win uh, every game. The rest of the way out. Well, I don't know. Again, Jeremy Roach just went two for ten first game without Travis Kells, so I'm not optimistic about that. Well, you call him Travis. It's Trevor. When he plays like Trevor, 
when he gets back, I'm going to call him Trevor again. Till then he's <laughs> Travis. I do these things intentionally. Uh, so we uh, about three twenty enrolling. Aaron Oster, our producer, able to uh, cash his over ticket. He hadn't cashed it. It won. He hadn't got to the window yet. That's true. Yeah, yeah. He, he can't get the money just yet. The lights could go out in the arena, you know, and the game could, you know, be a no contest. A no contest. Yeah. You know, Fog <laughs> Allen is older. It is old. Yeah. Marlins man is there. Our guy. He is. He just sent me like seventy-five pictures. Wow. Look at and, you. And Are you on? And, and goes, I told you, Cincy. Yeah, never in doubt, Marlins man. Yeah. <laughs> never all, in doubt. All you needed was Ryan Tannehill to. Uh... By the way, before we put a bow on the weekend, yeah. shout out to Big King's best bet, Kansas City Chiefs. Never, Patrick never Mahomes, in doubt. Andy Reid at home. Never in doubt. Yep. Great job by Sean McDermott and company not to squib the kick. Ah, so many things happen where you could point to. I don't think there was one particular but you got, situation. It was the no, body of work, though. I, I agree. I mean, look, yeah, it, both those teams. It was the body of work. Are wor- worthy of winning that game. If the Bills win the, win the toss. The Chiefs outplayed the Bills up until about five minutes left in the fourth quarter. And then they played as well as the Bills in the last five minutes. But the Chiefs had the game. They were up. I mean, if the kicker doesn't miss the field goal and the extra point, I mean, it's actually not even, you know, competitive at the end for most. For most, What? I mean, the, 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 even if they got the two-point conversion, they were still going to be down. They're going to have to get an onside kick. You know, if the kicker just comes through. And if it was a kicker, it's an average kicker, then, you know, okay. But Chiefs kicker is pretty good normally. Yeah. And I didn't take anything away from Buffalo. Buffalo showed a lot of heart, you know, game that they probably most nights they would win. Also if they yeah, if they if they squib the kick, there's nine seconds to go. Yeah, but and, again and since, they're not uh, getting into field goal, right? But Ryan Harris just talked about the two big returns they had gotten. Agreed. Right. The, so, to Tyree kill. Those are mistakes. You, you're worried that if you squib it, now you have to tackle. I mean the one thing you can guarantee when you kick it in the end Four. zone and they don't return it is that he's not gonna run it back. And then you're banking on your defense with thirteen seconds left. And then we even go 50 yards. I'd rather. I mean, the, I, the, the amount of times that's going to happen, Tim, that was the one out of ten. Sky kick it. Sky kick it to the 10-yard line. Yeah. And then you get your whole coverage team down there. Maybe you don't squib it. You sky kick to the 10-yard line. The thing is, if you, I think it's if a you massive sky, mistake. If you sky kick it, he's going to fair catch it. Okay, so you get the ball to the 10-yard line. This isn't college no, no, football. No, no, But when you fair catch it in, in a. No. Yes. No. It's not that. No. Fair catch in college moves it out to the 25, not in the NFL. All right, well. It was a, maybe it was, that's what they should have done. It was a mistake. Maybe that's what they should have done. But I thought they also shouldn't have played. I thought it was a mistake. No, they shouldn't have played a sideline defense when they know that their opponent has three timeouts. Yeah, I thought it was a mistake on fourth down, up uh, up five. I thought they should have been in by Kansas City. Yeah, three yeah. cloud. That's what I thought they should have did defensively. What yeah. happened to that cornerback? Yeah, <laughs> Gabe, you know what? Gabriel Davis. You know man. who that is? They're oh. college teammates. Are they really? Yeah, Mike Hughes is the kid that ran the punt back against us at UCF. <laughs> <laughs> and Gabriel Davis is on that. T- I tried to get man. Gabriel Davis to come he, to USF. Woo! <sighs> that was a BB from Josh. I mean, that game. Well, I mean, it's wide open. That game the, 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 is the, just an all time. To me, man. the fault is the fact that there was no safety help. Mm hmm. Like, that ball's caught on the hash, slightly inside of the hash. There's no safety anywhere around. Like, how you put the corner on an island like that on fourth and, and 14? So I mean, you force them in that situation to check the ball down on a six, seven-yard route and then put the pressure on your guys to rally and tackle. You don't let the ball get over your head 
in that situation. Like, that's cardinal rule number one. So, like, if you're a Chiefs back here, forget them not squibbing the kick. It's like, what are we doing on fourth down right there? Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, yeah, you, you could you could play that game nonstop. Then on the next touchdown, the Gabriel Davis in the middle. Like, the same thing, 38 has to have inside leverage there. The two safeties have the half. He's got to be inside leverage there. He gets beat inside. I mean, so it's multiple miscues on both sides. And then you win a coin toss, and you get to win the game. Hey, the fallacy is that in the regular season, you can tie. I'm telling you, they should go to the college overtime rules. The only difference to me is they should start at the 40, not the 25. Both teams get a series from the 40. To be honest, for the playoffs, I like – I would I would go what they do in soccer, which is you play in soccer, you play 30 minutes. Well, here's, regardless of goals, you he, can score seven goals. So here's the issue. Because football is a violent physical I get it. game. It's the physicality that created the rule changes in the first place. Because playing an extra 10 minutes after you've been knocking heads for four quarters already, that's a lot. But if you don't score any points, you go to double overtime. Well, yeah, but what's the difference between putting the ball on the 40, like, instead of the 25, like they do in college, having the college situation? Because Evan McPherson, the kicker from Cincinnati, can hit from 40 yards. Okay, but you're still moving at 15 yards back from college. And if they kick a field goal, then you put put the onus on the other team to score a touchdown. I don't think there's any perfect solution. I personally, in the playoffs, I don't care about the regular season. Regular season, you could keep these rules, you know, touchdown wins the game. In the playoffs, and I know this happened a couple years ago, right? What goes around comes around, right? Kansas City, same situation. New England got the ball, won the toss. Patrick Mahomes stayed on the sidelines however many years ago, and New England goes to the Super Bowl uh, and and ultimately lost to the Eagles. So I I just think if you want to make it 10 minutes – I would make it 15 minutes in a lot. in over in the playoffs. That's a lot, man. Well, just the physical. I understand, but if they beating don't, on the bodies, but a if lot. they don't score a point, then you're going to double overtime. That's a lot too, Sean. Yeah, but again, like just put it on the 40. That way, each team gets a series. What they do, and then it, you just keep doing it. That, no, that, just like just like college, you do it twice, and if it's tied, and after then we're going go to go. We're going to two point conversions. Yeah, maybe you move it to the 25. Whatever you got to do, and that that's still playing football. Yeah, but What's it's, the it, difference between playing from the 40-yard line and playing a full game? Well, because you're condensing the field. Yeah, but now you're doing it time after time. You're Not just necessarily. repeating it. Not necessarily. You think those two offenses, the way that they're playing. Then you, you go to the two-point play. You, like, you, I'm, you I'm would, saying you mimic college. You would have been okay if the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills yep. decided who goes to the AFC Championship by – Running two point conversions like it was the if it got to that like it was the Penn State Illinois if we game. went to overtime and they both had possessions from the forty and it was tied and they both had another possession from the forty and it was tied then you move it down and you go two two point conversions. Oh, that I would, mean to get to the two point conversion in college, right? You get two different, basically two overtimes, right? That's the third overtime. Third overtime, right? So it's not like you're going directly there or just play a full quarter. We could just play a quarter and have it actually so, be football. So then what happens if it's tied? Like, that's what they're trying to move away from. You know, if you play that quarter and the game's tied. now we're Then gonna, you go to sudden death. So we're going to play a whole nother quarter? None. First one to score. Yeah, I just saying. It was still going to come down. We've to, gone to double but, overtime but, so, before so watch, in the playoffs. It's still going to come down to the coin flip, right? 
or is it whoever has the ball wherever they have it at the end of the the, the extra quarter that's overtime, they, they start the next quarter from there? The sudden death? You see, you're still going back to a coin flip. Yeah, but in that, you're actually playing football. To me, well, this is football. college overtime the is not Chiefs football. The Chiefs drove down the field. I know. Yeah. The Bills had the okay, – I understand. The Bills had every right. They could have stopped them. Yeah. I get that. But to me, I would have loved to see Josh Allen get his opportunity on the field of play. We'll talk about who the Chiefs will play next on the nightcap. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's never too early to prepare for the big game. We want to make sure VEASAN is part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs. Then on championship weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on VEASAN.com. Leading up to the sixth annual big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year. So make your plans to join VEASAN betting experts before, during, and after the action on VEASAN.com. Alongside Sean King. I am Tim Murray. I am looking at my phone right now because I'm trying to make a live bet. Uh, I want to. I want to roll with Kansas oh, here. Oh, absolutely! Kansas just buried a three with ten seconds to go, and <laughs> I mean, it's Texas Tech guy went Sean, crazy. Sean goes YOLO three. I mean, Oji Abaji buried a three. I mean, watch this. Who's his number one? Okay, he's dribbling. Okay, he stops. He's at the bill of the Jayhawk. I mean, it's so much time on the clock. After he misses from, like, half court, Kansas gets a long rebound and drives back. Like, what are you doing? Kansas, that place is going bananas right now. Headed to double overtime, 86-86. I mean, see, that's when watching TV. You watch too much TV, man. YOLO. Yeah, he's just like, okay, boom. That ball didn't have a chance of going Uh, Double overtime. In uh, in Lawrence, uh, the over is uh, is long bye bye. Uh, 
Cigar bet? I've got Kansas. <laughs> no. no. I will not take Texas Tech. Oh, okay. Yeah, they have no shot now. Ochiabaji has 36 points in this game. He just buried the big three from Kansas, which I actually thought was a poor possession. They were just working around the perimeter trying to, to get a bucket. As uh, Texas Tech, it's the first bucket of double overtime. So 88-86. By the way, speaking of college basketball, good friend of the show, Jim Root, three-man weave. He will join us. Uh, got a big game out west tomorrow. Looking forward to it. UCLA, Arizona fans will be back mm-hmm. uh, at Pauley Pavilion. So that is a, a big uh, victory there for UCLA. So uh, that'll be good uh, for the Bruins. But will it be good enough? They are a slight home dog against Arizona tomorrow. Yeah, I like Arizona. I told you I don't think UCLA is anywhere near as good as they were last year. Speaking of college basketball, uh, my favorite play from the weekend yeah, is Auburn job. at home. Nailed it. Well, were you, were you impressed? I was. Very impressed. What, by your call? No, by the game. Were you impressed by Auburn? Well, Ty Ty Washington went out, and that, that kind of changed. Have we heard an update on uh, the significance of his injury? I have not, uh, but yeah, he he being lost would, was certainly a, a significant. He's day to day with an ankle injury, okay, so, so not season ending. We will see if uh, he's available to play against Mississippi State. Uh, but that felt like it, it kind of changed things there. Great atmosphere uh, down there at Auburn. Ooh, the football players with their shirt off like they look like they spent like all year in the uh, weight room. I'd say this: I came away from the game. I already have a thirty to one ticket on Auburn to win it all. I came away from the game feeling like I probably should double down on Kentucky. I felt like Kentucky was the better overall team. Now, it got away from a little bit. They didn't make the adjustment when Ty Ty went out. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I just felt like when you think about a neutral court, you know, Kentucky's fan base is going to travel a little bit better than Auburn's. You know, just basketball is a little more important in Lexington than it is in Auburn, Alabama. They're getting better, but – they're not going to travel like UK does. I, I probably would pick Kentucky on a neutral court. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think you're crazy in saying that. Uh, and I think te- uh, Kentucky, with with their athletic ability, with they have some you know veterans they got from the transfer portal. I, I certainly could see Kentucky making a run uh, in the NCAA tournament. Really impressed with Auburn Jonathan is, Smith. Yeah, Auburn is deep. Yeah, um, they're big too. They're tall. I mean, they've got the potential number one overall pick on their roster. So, by the way, they need to figure out how to get him more integrated offensively. Because when he did shoot, he was tremendous. He did a lot of little things like rebound, contest shots, got a couple steals. But they've got to figure out. And, and this is, you know, your issue with Auburn is you don't believe in Bruce Pearl. And I thought Bruce did a really, really average job of getting him involved in the offense in the first half of that game. Like, they've got to find a way, whether it's pick and roll, whether it's isolating him on the box. You know, he has to touch the ball more. Yeah, Jamari Smith in that game finished with 14.7 boards. thought Walker Kessler played really well. Um, he was 50% from the field. No, how many attempts? The number, the actual number. He finished... Eight of ten. No, no, no. Sorry, five of ten. See what I'm saying? Walker Kessler was eight of ten. Only ten shots. Mm-hmm. You know, this is probably not enough for a guy that's going to be the first pick in the draft. You got Wendell Green coming off the bench. He he has the capabilities of getting you know red hot like we saw on the road at Alabama. I like the one little football player. So they they've got. Well, oh my god! He's banking to three Texas Tech. Yeah, it counts. There you go. Yeah, still. What's three. the little one little dude at Auburn? He, he plays like a football player. He's got all the energy. Uh, He's got the little ugly haircut. Like, it's, it's weird. 
It's like he they 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 didn't fade him in, but he has a fade. <laughs> it's kind of weird little deal. But I like his energy. I like I like what he brings to the team. They're tall too. They're huge. Yeah, they got a big team. Uh, Auburn back at it tomorrow night on the road at Missouri. Uh, I believe the they're, off. they're laying two touchdowns in that one. Auburn <laughs> seven and zero. Oh, so if you had a future for them to win the SEC, uh, they now have a two game lead over Kentucky. They play the wild. They don't play the Wildcats again. Can I ask you a question? Uh, sure. Kind of switching to NFL coaching. Yeah, let's get back to it. Is Sean Payton going to be the next head coach of the Cowboys? I don't know. I mean, it's just. I feel I, like, don't we always do that? The, the owner today laughed and said, I don't know what Sean Payton's doing. It's ironic, though, that in the same window that Jerry Jones is all of a sudden non committal to Mike McCarthy being there, he didn't say he's going to make a change, but oh, he kind of was like, we're evaluating it. You know, we're going to see. All of a sudden, unsolicited, because nobody's talking about New Orleans. There's not a national reporter that is following anything going on with the Saints. <laughs> the headlines start with uh, Sean Payton un- non-committal on coming back next year. Well, they have, I believe they have the worst salary cap situation yes. in the league. They're and they like don't have a quarterback. 71 under the cap, and they have no quarterback. Yeah. If I were Sean Payton, I'd be like, ah. Uh, Michael Thomas obviously doesn't want to be there. I'm good. Yeah. If he ever was going to leave, isn't this, like, strategically the time to go? But can you – and this is – I don't know the answer to this. Can you just roll out and go – I mean, they could work out some sort of trade, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure there would like be some kind of – Gruden to yeah. the Buccaneers. But what would Jerry Jones give up to get Sean Payton? <laughs> First Everything? Round pick, yeah. I mean, he might even give, like, the Bensons, like, percentage of, of Jerry Dome. Like, I mean, there's no lift <laughs> that he would go to – to have Sean Payton I will, I will do sideline. everything that is needed to get Sean here today. For Dallas. real. That would take the Cowboys, in my opinion, to the favorite to win it all next you year. You think so? Oh, yeah. You love Sean Payton. I love him. The you level of discipline him. that his teams play with is is it's unbelievable. I mean, the efficiency, well, they, they the need, creativity on I mean, offense. Think back to that San Francisco game, man. They need Dallas needs they are discipline, so undisciplined. But because they have so many celebrity-level players that are highly paid – the only guy that can provide discipline is somebody that comes in that has as big a name as their big players. And Mike McCarthy just doesn't have that cachet. Man, I think the problem... Jason Garrett was a former player there. He didn't have that cachet. When the Cowboys have been great, they've had a superstar rock star head coach. Well, they did, then they fired him, and then Barry Switzer somehow mistakenly won a But even in his own right, Barry Switzer's like, he's at Oklahoma, he was the dude. I mean, Jimmy Johnson was the dude. Right, but Barry came he, in with... Barry's like Larry Coker winning the national No, nah, not at all. He come was on. way more of uh, a... Come on. At Oklahoma, Barry Switzer yeah, was that it, guy? Yeah, he was, and then he went to the Cowboys. Right. And he was but eventually, in, in that part, after Jimmy's, after the, the Johnson, everything that he built right. fell apart, Barry Switzer But in a terrible. lot of ways, Barry Switzer was the Jimmy Johnson of college football. Like, he's oh, that I, top guy. Well, Jimmy Johnson was the Jimmy Johnson of college football right. first at right. Miami. That's what I'm saying. So, what? So, Barry was, I mean, Jimmy, Jerry Jones was actually trying to duplicate what he did with Jimmy Johnson. Or maybe he shouldn't have just, fi- maybe he shouldn't have fired the coach who won him a Super Bowl. Right. And they haven't been to an NFC championship game since 1995. Well, those are very well documented <laughs> facts. I have a lot of just Cowboys. A, just a reminder to Dave Ross out there. You haven't been to a, an NFC championship. Yeah, I, I have a lot of friends that are fanatics. Like, Cowboys don't have fans. They have fanatics. I know. Yeah, And they, all, they also like pain. I mean, it is what it is. Like, when you willingly root for a team that you know is going to let you down at some point, 
I mean, well, you're giving them hope right now, thinking that Sean Payton's going to go there and he goes there. They're well, gonna, if you look at the they're going to win the Super Bowl. If you look at the Saints salary cap situation, oh, it's horrible. It prevents them from doing the one thing that Sean Payton knows that he needs, and that's going out and getting a Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. They don't have the cap space to do it. Mm-mm. So, if that's why they drafted ever, Ian Book in the fourth round because yeah, he's he was, the future. He was tremendous this year. He won me some money though. Thanks, Ian. <laughs> when the Dolphins were on that run. Yeah, it was a Monday nighter. Oof. And the thing was, Ian Book was his third, fourth option. He started with Jameis, ended up with Trevor Simeon, then Taysom Hill. Like, if I was Peyton, I'm probably trying to get out of there too. No offense, I love New Orleans. They deserve better. <laughs> you just bash the team. I didn't no offense. Them. I just gave an update on where they are realistically. No cap space. That no would be the ninth. That would be a ninth head coaching vacancy if Sean Payton exited. Jim Root's going to join the show. I don't know. He might have to hold off a little bit and let this Kansas-Texas Tech game finish out. It's the night cave. Night cap here on VC. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you.